When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it up. That is your Wednesday on B&E. Another warm one in the ATX today. Plenty of sunshine. Could be some rain coming tomorrow if you're paying attention. But, uh, you know, we're not going to rain out this mullet open. I can tell you that. Well, there is a 70% chance of rain on seven, on Saturday, on Friday. But I don't think to this point, 21 planes in the mullet open, it's ever been washed out. Never has happened. So Bring your poncho. Bring your poncho. We'll play through some raindrops, but uh, obviously lightning would be a problem. That's coming up. We're getting you over the hump through your midweek, and uh, Bucky has already has called in this morning. He's up early working to get the uh, final preparations made for that event tomorrow and Friday. And uh, in his uh, in his absence, we appreciate it. My friend Mike Craven jumping in here. Our friend Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You also probably remember Mike before that at the Austin American Statesman. Uh, you curated the uh, Fab 55 list, so high school football, college football, mm-hmm. your absolute passions, my friend. I missed the Fab 55. That was my that was my favorite thing to do. I had grown up just reading it so much, you know, just kind of looking in there and stuff, and being able to do that is fun. And then, you know, with the draft come with the draft just happening, I feel like the draft is kind of our final grade. That's our final exam as as, re, as recruiting writers, and so it's kind of fun to see where you got right, where you got wrong, kind of what the uh, next level of scouts see the guys that you you watch four or five years before that. That's awesome. And I wanted to go through some of that with you because there were 30, 35 players from the state of Texas drafted in the seven rounds and obviously five Longhorns, but not all from Texas. Mm -hmm. Four of them were from Texas for the Longhorns. Uh, So we're going to get some recollections of yours watching those youngsters as high school players and your thoughts on some of those picks from a a personal perspective. Uh, And and as we said, with Mike being here, if you have a question uh, about your favorite team in college football in the state of Texas, including the Longhorns, uh, Mike visited every campus outside of Texas State of the 12 D1 schools. Uh, I visited with coaches and players, and so it has a pretty good feel for uh, you know how the optimism is, where they're at in the spring, headed into the summertime. So fire those up, 512-337-3776. It starts with this one. It says, ask Mike, does things still run through Lubbock? <laughs> I know Joey, I know you know, you've known Joey McGuire a long time covering him as a, a long, high school coach. A long time. He uh, he's pretty excited. They're pretty fired up out there, and, and get your guns up. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's three favorites for the Big Twelve entering this season. I think Texas, Oklahoma. If you look at Oklahoma's schedule, they have no reason not to be in the Big Twelve championship game. And I'm still surprised that the Big Twelve gave Texas and Oklahoma reasonable schedules. I thought that they were going to just completely load just load them up, uh, but they didn't. And then and then I think uh, Kansas State, obviously, as the, as the defending champion, is right there. TCU lost so much; it's hard to see them bouncing right back. But if we're going second tier, if we're going dark horse candidate to win the Big 12, Texas Tech is as good a pick as anybody. Two 
two quarterbacks with NFL potential. Their offensive line's gotten better. They, they brought in a center from Western Kentucky uh, that's going to start there and allow them to open up some staying, things offensive line. Obviously, they're going to score points with Zach Kittley as the offensive coordinator. And then quietly, Texas Tech's defense was pretty solid for, for big chunks of last year. And so if they can replace Tyree Wilson, you know, Tech is going to be one of those teams you don't want to see. I don't know if they're, they'll be consistent enough uh, or good enough on the offensive-defensive line to win week in, week out. But I think they're going to win eight, nine games and put some scares into some people. I think, and as we talked about it, I mean, they, they're a very old team. I mean, they've got a 23-year-old quarterback. I mean, they sound like TCU's roster a year ago with so much experience and bringing a lot back from a team that, you know, won a bowl game last year, beat Oklahoma and Texas last year. And uh, there's, there's a lot of reason for excitement, too. And when you've got veterans like that, um, you know, and if they unite, if if Tyler Shuck goes all Max yeah. Duggan, right. uh, we'll see what Texas Tech can be. And uh, I heard y'all talking when I was coming in here about culture and, and if there's culture in the NBA. Well, there's culture in college football. And you go around to these different schools and you don't know who's going to be good and who's not because you're only seeing one spring practice. You're just talking to the coaches. You have no idea. But you can get a feel for who's having fun, who likes to be there, who's enjoying themselves, which programs are together. And Texas Tech is one of those buildings you walk into and you go, okay, Everybody here is on the same page, and we'll see if that you know, plays a factor in the no, fall. That's a big part of it with a guy like Joey McGuire. Huh? And uh, how was the mood at Aggieland? <laughs> it's about what you'd expect. A little uh, tense? We talked to 12 of the 13 FBS coaches for the magazine. We did not talk to one, and I'll allow you to guess which one didn't have the time to do it for us. You know, they, they got to get to six wins or seven wins or something, so he's a very busy man over there in College Station. But it is, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they lost so many guys. They brought in so many guys. It does feel like a team that's still trying to figure themselves out. Houston has the same feel, honestly, in that way, where you walked out of that building not knowing much more than what you walked in knowing. Now Dana Holgerson's got a lot of players to replace. Hey, let's start with the headlines quickly, get you caught up on the game last night, the news of the morning, then we'll jump back into the conversation. UBO Business Services brings it to you NBA last night. Lakers have gotten the early jump on the Warriors in Game 1 of that much-anticipated Western Conference semifinal series. Lakers went into San Fran and took down the defending champs 117-112 last night. It's a matchup, of course, of the uh, two greatest players of this generation with LeBron and Steph, but Lakers big man Anthony Davis, the best player on the floor last night. 30 points, 23 boards, dished out five assists, blocked four shots. He was uh, uh, the, the big man last night. LeBron chipped in with 22-11. and 11. Curry scored 27 but shot just 10 for 24 on the night. Good defense from Dennis Schroeder and the crew there. Early game last night, it was the Knicks bouncing back from their game one loss to Miami. They take the game uh, at MSG 111-105. Former Mavs Jalen Brunson led the way with 30. Julius Randle had 25. Heat, of course, played without their star Jimmy Butler. Without out with that sprained ankle, they still were in that game all the way to the end. Also last night, Philadelphia center Joel Embiid named the NBA's most valuable player. 76ers big man finally claimed that trophy after finishing runner-up each of the last two seasons. This time he was the first-place vote-getter. It was Denver's Nikola Jokic coming in second, Giannis Antetokounmpo third. Unfortunately, Embiid expected to miss the game tonight, game two of that series with the 76ers in Boston. He battles that sprained knee. That's the lone game on the card tonight in the NBA. NHL last night, Stanley Cup playoffs, tough one. For the Dallas Stars, game one of their best of seven with Seattle. Despite a four-goal night for their center, Joe Pavelski, upstart Seattle Kraken, won that game 5-4 to four in overtime. Major League Baseball, Rangers rally from 4-1 down to beat the Diamondbacks 6-4. to four. It's their fourth straight win. Houston got blanked by the Giants. Two nothing. How about the uh, right-hander for San Francisco, Anthony DiScofani, held Houston to just three hits over eight innings. Round Rock got rained out in Reno last night. And in the NFL, former Longhorn Puna Ford inked a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. And in Atlanta, the Falcons revealed that former Longhorn running back Bijan Robinson is going to wear number seven for the Falcons with uh, wide receiver Drake London wearing number five. 
This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, UBO Business Services, appreciate them. And uh, good stuff last night. The uh, Lakers, now where are you on this, uh, Craven? The, uh, I mean, Ty is still of the opinion that that's the one of the two games the Lakers are going to win in this series, uh, that the Warriors are going to be too much over the course of a seven-game series. I feel like the Lakers are a little more of a giant than uh, he's giving them credit for. Where are you on that? Yeah, we we need to talk to Ty. I, I get a feeling that Ty is not an Anthony Davis guy. No. Just from driving around Austin and, and here. Uh, the other day I heard him say, I think it was on WAGS, you said that An- uh, Austin Reeves is the Lakers' number two. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Not yeah. sure about that one. Yeah, but maybe not, but I, I might have said that. I do feel that um, this is one of those seven-game series that's going to happen because both of these teams are so experienced and, quite frankly, so old that if one gets up 3-1, they're going to coast. You know, like they're, they're, It's just going to be one of those series that goes back and forth, and then we'll see in Game 7 who shows up, and that'll be the one game. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like three or four blowouts along our way to a seven-game series. One of those not really close, but but the seven game series type deal. Last night was good, and um, you know, again, if you're going to get that type, if they, if the Lakers and these are big ifs, but if Anthony Davis gives you that night, four more, three more times, they'll win the series. Yeah, I'm I'm, it, I'm with Ty on that though. I mean, he won't. He won't. It's hard to trust. He just needs to do it four out of seven. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, or even three out of seven, and hope LeBron takes. Well, one that's of what those I'm saying. Three so. more times he does that. Yeah. They've got a chance. And don't forget um, about the Austin Reeves game that's coming. Yeah, that's coming. And <laughs> that's that's when it gets scary. Well, the other thing, don't don't forget this. Dennis Schroeder scored 19 points off the bench, and he played great defense on Steph the whole night. Uh, he's a guy that's got that energy to run around with Steph Curry. That's one of the over always been the undervalued portion of Steph's game. He just wears out defensive players because he never gets tired. Yep. And he's running that guy off picks all night, and he doesn't seem to get tired. They do. And over the course, and you know, we'll see if 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 uh, Schroeder can do that over the course of a long series. But they also have D'Angelo Russell, and uh, who can take some time with him. But uh, LeBron didn't have to be the heavy lifter last night. It was Davis and, and Schroeder, and uh, you got even D'Angelo Russell hit some big shots last night with 19 points. So I'm confused on how they traded for all these guys. I know it almost like, seems like a plot. What, what assets did they have? Like, how, how did they? I mean, D'Angelo Russell. I realize that contract or that number is not good, but. Yeah, and, it does feel and like Hachimura and the shooter. I mean, they've got all these guys on the, on the cheap. League office stepped in and said, "Hey, can we make sure the Lakers get some people yeah. here? Because yeah. we got this LeBron guy. He's only got a couple more years. He broke the all-time scoring record this year. And then the unibrow. We know when he shows up and is healthy. Watch out with Anthony Davis. He reminded us of that last night. Let's dive into our coach's corner. Brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's AVConsultations.com online. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, we get into some of these draft picks uh, over the weekend for you, you Craven, that uh, you saw in high school that are now off to the NFL and doing the Fab 55. But back at your Dave Campbell's real job where you've written all these <laughs> stories for... Uh, for the magazine, previewing the seasons. And the magazine will be out, what, July usually? July, early July. We'll announce the cover on uh, June 5th-ish or so, and then, yeah, send it to print and then get out there in July. Last year was a little bit of late because of, of supply chain issues, but I, I think we're back. Whew, that's a phrase I'm glad right. we don't hear much yeah. anymore. Flashback. The words pivot, supply chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things are in the past now. Swab. Swab. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, thank goodness. But things should be online this year. And it's a great year in college football. And on the way to the timeout, at the top of the hour, we were talking about you guys do a best team in Texas ranking, regardless of conference. And, you know, all the 12 are now 13. 
And uh, you said UTEP. Or UTEP. Uh, you're, you're, you said UTSA. Your yep. alma mater, you would have ranked number one just based on what they've done and what they bring back for Jeff Trailer. Yeah, I mean, 23 wins over the last two years, back-to-back conference champions. They're going into a new conference, but nobody's had that type of success. You know, TCU went to the national championship game last year but lost so many guys, right? Texas always has a lot of talent, and I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with anybody who put Texas up there, right? I mean, if, if they reach their ceiling, there's, there's nobody in the state that has a higher ceiling. But if we're talking about just winning a conference championship, it does feel easier to bet on the team who's done it the last two years than the one that hasn't, you know, in the in last 14. In 14. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and they get Frank Harris back at quarterback. They return nine of their offensive starters. They return most of their defensive production. They get a couple of offensive linemen back that missed most of last year. This is a team that came into Austin and, and gave Texas all they could handle for three quarters, right? Like that, sure. was a, that was a good game. They're a decent team. And the American Conference now is just Conference USA 2.0. I mean, you look through it, it's, it's SMU, Tulane, and then a bunch of Conference USA teams that UTSA is used to playing. They don't play SMU in the regular season. That would be a fun conference championship game. Uh, but outside the G5 schools, if we're just looking P5, I do think Texas is poised. And we've talked about this on the Eyes on Texas show. I'm a natural cynic. I've been around this program for a long time. I, I tend to be the one who's, who's pouring cold water on everybody's expectations. But you look at that roster, you look at the depth chart, you look at the experience, you look at the offensive line, the defensive line. There's just nobody in the Big 12 that should compete with that. Yeah, agreed. And uh, that's on Steve Sarkeesian to reach that ceiling. 100%. And if they do, they don't really have a peer right now in the Big 12. Tech, as we mentioned, but Texas has more overall talent than Tech does. And um, yeah, it's, I, I love that you say UTSA, and I need to know how did Frank Harris get another year? I guess you just. Dr. Frank. <laughs> Dr. Frank Harris. Well, because like 2018, he was he redshirted. Yeah, uh, 2019 he was hurt and got a medical redshirt. Oh, like, okay, and then the COVID uh, 2020 year. was a uh, was a COVID year. So you know, sense. 21, 22, 23. I mean, I think technically this is going to sound crazy. Might be able to come back for another year if he really wanted to. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, three three uh, Mulligans, and mm-hmm. uh, he's still playing down there at UTSA for Jeff Trailer, who who you covered Jeff even in his high school days. I mean, yeah. he's a, just a great leader. I, I love Jeff. Great coach. Uh, and uh, you know the question is how long can they hold on to him at your alma mater? Because <laughs> Not long. He's, We've know. already held on to him longer than we deserve. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and that's what you do at that level, right? Like you should avoid that stuff. Like uh, some UTSA fans like start clutch, clutching pearls and, and getting all nervous when we start talking about this stuff. But that's how you want it to be. You want his buyout to then next pay for the next pay for the next coaching staff. They do well, and then a team comes in and pays for that buyout. And that's that's how you do it when you don't have a ton of money. I'm curious about the. It's not about. If it's when Jeff Trailer gets a bigger job, right? Uh, I would say I would think he stays in the state of Texas, so that leaves kind of you know Baylor, Houston, Texas A and M, Texas as kind of the possibilities there. I've always been curious of like, doesn't let's say A and M fires Jimbo after this next year? Is the head coach at UTSA sexy enough to go higher, or is he going to have to be somebody who goes to a Houston or goes to a Baylor before he can get? one of those top five or top ten jobs. He feels like he'd be a no-brainer. He's coached at Texas before. He'd win every single press conference. He's from East Texas. But I'm always curious of if Texas or Texas A&M, you know, what they well, see I, uh, of him man, in, in that on job. A, on a broad stroke thought, I mean, it would be the, a great hire It would be a great hire. But would it bring the, the SEC pizzazz? I mean, right. Jeff Trailer is a tremendous coach. And as you said, back-to-back championships at UTSA. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's lit a fire under the fans in San Antonio for that program mm-hmm. uh, with his infectious ways. Yeah, you he's, know. he's made my degree better. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. uh, which, is, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, so at UTSA, the most consistent program in the state right now. Texas has the highest ceiling um, and the lowest floor, I would guess, is coming in. But, yeah, they haven't won a championship in 14 years. So uh, got to do it before you try. 
trusted. I agree with that 100%. Uh, Mike Craven is hanging with us from the uh, the Eyes on Texas multicast and, of course, Dave Campbell's Texas football. Now, the draft has come and gone. Mm-hmm. And you and I on the on the multicast talked about this a lot, but uh, we had four players from the state of Texas who played high school ball here in the state who were drafted in the first round. And we know Bijan Robinson was eighth overall, but he went to he's from Arizona. Yep. But still, great for him. And I know. Let me let me start with Bijan because not only did you. Uh, you did the Fab 55 for Texas, but you also went out and visited Bijan when he was in high school. How about this for Bijan yesterday in a press conference with the Falcons media, asking what he's going to do with his first big big paycheck, and he said he was going to pay his pay, maybe able to pay his tithes at his church. <laughs> like he's excited to be able to pay his tithing at the church, which is the, the, you, the right. I mean, a devout Catholic. That's a, devout, that's, that's a good ten percent. Yeah, ten percent. You have to. You, you have commit. to give 10% you, you of your salary. You, we don't have to. You commit to doing it. Yeah, it's a way to keep the church going and stuff. Everybody give 10%. We don't have probably a, a bigger conversation for this, this radio show. Yeah, no, and that's the first thing Bijan says. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, as you, when you saw him in high school, that doesn't surprise you. That's no. the kind of kid he is. I mean, when I went out there to Arizona to talk to him, it, it was like the year after I'd gone to see Jake Smith and stuff. And so it, it was like, a, it was like, oh, man, there, there are some football players in Arizona. That always kind of surprised me how, how good their high school football was. Uh, but yeah, he didn't talk about himself. I mean, he was he was barely playing in third quarters, much less fourth quarters. I mean, there's absolutely dominating uh, people, best player on, on the field. And all he wanted to talk to uh, talk to me about was his offensive linemen, all of which were going to go just be math students in college. <laughs> uh, you know, his his coach and how great he was, even though he was also a realtor. You know, because in a lot of other states, these these high school coaches aren't just full time living up there. High school coaches making a hundred grand a year, um, and so he's just one of those guys that like you knew you knew all the physical tools were there, right? Like my mom could have shown up at at uh, South Point Catholic and gone, "Oh, you're here to see that guy." You know, he was just that good. Uh, but then you talk to him for five minutes, and what I always learned in recruiting was, and this isn't a hundred percent true because nothing is, but you could tell guys' maturity levels in interviews and just talking to him is like, "Oh, that guy's going to make a transition to college easier than some of these other." And you know, Caden Stearns was similar in that way, where you kind of felt like you were talking to an adult even when he was 16 and 17. And Bajan felt like one of those guys that as long as his knee doesn't just completely explode in some freakish injury, he's going to be a, a first-round draft pick, and it ended up being that exact way. Yeah, eight to, to the Falcons, and, uh, and not if but when he was going to be into the National Football League. Tyree Wilson, an interesting one, from New London West Rusk High School. Went to A&M, went to Texas Tech, and uh, boy, the, the the body, the the the. I mean, this is that's how you build a d- d- defensive end in the National Football League. Yeah, he could jab you from across the ring. Like <laughs> they could ring the bell, and he could punch you in the face from where he's standing. Like his arms are that long, and he's only scratching the surface of his playing ability. I, I think he's going to be a better pro than he was in college. Until his last year at Texas Tech, he hadn't put it all together. He had transferred. He had gone through. Because remember, not only does he transfer from A and M, and so he goes to Tech, and that's the secondary coaching staff he's had. Well, then those guys get fired, and now he's got to do deal with Joey McGuire, Tim DeRuiter on the defensive side so he had three defensive coordinators in three years finally figured it out his last year there in Lubbock but the potential is so high I I would have taken Will Anderson before him like the Texans did just because you feel like you know what Will Anderson is a little bit more Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we look back in three or four years and go how how did Tyree Wilson not not be the number number two pick uh, you know a lot of time with a a predictor of a player success is where he goes and on that Oakland Vegas defensive front with uh, Max Crosby on the other side coming off the edge he seems like the perfect another Texas guy yeah (laughs) another Texas guy Um, but then there's Christian Gonzalez he went 17th to the uh, New England Patriots out of the Colony High went off to Oregon to play high school football but a very skinny guy but man 6'2", rangy. I think, think uh, 
Bill Belichick happy to put that guy in his secondary. Yeah, physical freak. I mean, when when you talk about testing numbers and all that kind of stuff, Christian Gonzalez is one of the highest testing cornerbacks, not not just in this year, but in the last ten years. He, he's just that good physically. Uh, I would imagine with a with a brain like Bill Belichick's, they figure out the best way uh, to work him. I'll be interested to see if he stays at corner, or if he ends up being a safety at some point. Be interesting. Uh, and then two receivers, twenty and twenty one, uh, from Rockwall High, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I feel like because he didn't play this year because of the hamstring injury and he shut it down. He stopped going to class. You know, Buckeye fans were mad that he couldn't play in the semifinals, but he had stopped going to school, yeah. so he wasn't eligible to play. And um, but man, he is—he's big time. And uh, you know, we saw Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave go out of that Ohio State stable the year previous. I think this guy uh, going to Seattle to be opposite DK Metcalf with Geno Smith thought that was an absolute great pick. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, he's one of those guys that got out of Texas that probably shouldn't have. You know, like Texas told him, you know, they didn't think he was good enough to play at Texas early on in that cycle. Came, oh. came in and on him late, and by that time, you know, other schools like Ohio State had, had jumped in there, and so and that was a big miss uh, by Texas. He was our Mr. Texas who football. Told Dave him Campbell's. that? Oh, you know who told him that? Drew Marin. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he was our Mr. Texas football. Dave Campbell's. I mean, has all sorts of anybody who watched that state championship game, you know, hit with him at Rockwall uh, knows how talented he is. Uh, he's going to be really, really good. Um, and then, you know, Quentin Johnston was right up the road at Temple. Um, and, you, he, and he was committed to Texas at one point, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, I remember at like some summer camps here at, at Texas, him doing like NBA dunk contest type dunks. Like he's just <laughs> that physical of, of a freak. Can be inconsistent as a pass catcher. Never never felt like a just natural ball catcher. Uh, originally a basketball player who thought he was going to go that route and then realized that, hey, I could be a really tall wide receiver or a short post, you know, and so uh, went, the, went the right way. But if he can figure it all out and just put together all of his tools and become more consistent, he, he's as physically gifted as, as many of the wide receivers are in the NFL. And he, of course, went to the, the L.A. TCU Chargers because TCU yeah. drafted Max Duggan, uh, Quentin Johnston, and uh, Demarius. Steve, Steve, uh, Steve Avila. No, they took the other Avila. receiver, Demarius Davis. Oh, did he go there yeah, too? Yeah, the Chargers took yeah. Avila, Max Duggan. Avila went there as well, I believe. Did he? I think he went to one of the, the Rams, I think, or the Chargers. All right, Steve Avila from uh, yeah. South Grand Prairie. Uh, there's some good stuff right there. First-round picks out of the state of Texas. Mike Craven with some thoughts, and it also has Longhorn fans scratching their heads saying, our receiver coach and head coach didn't think Jackson Smith and Jigba was good enough, didn't recruit Jalen Waddell, lost the commitment of Quentin Johnston. What were we doing? Yeah, and then they let uh, J.K. You know, Dobbins. Jalen, uh, or like Elijah Higg- Higgins, um, got Garrett we'll Wilson, talk- all those guys yeah, like okay. were in the same. Jalen Ellis were all in that same wide receiver group, and none of them came to Texas. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see if Xavier Worthy can change that script next yeah. year when would, the draft comes It wouldn't around. happen anymore. Yeah, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has flipped that room, it's safe to say. Uh, we'll pick that up on the other side. Speaking of Elijah Higgins, we'll talk about the local products, including Deuce Vaughn, that are off to the NFL. Deuce to the Cowboys. Mike Craven is hanging with us. My co-host on the Eyes on Texas multicast. And, of course, doing great work at Dave Campbell's Texas football, covering the great sport of college football. Also some NBA. Uh, we also hit some uh, hot or not topics for the end of the hour with T.Y. It's a busy Wednesday. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&A with you. Bucky out today getting ready for the mullet open tomorrow and Friday. Final prep. Bucky's already checked in this morning on the phone line. Sounding good. He's just out there hustling, getting it all done. Ty Henderson is here as well. Mike Craven hanging with us from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and in the online as well. You know, when we started doing the Eyes on Texas multicast, uh, Mike, you informed me, and I did not know this, that the uh, Dave Campbell's brand is now owned by Drayton McClain. He's your owner. Yep. 
the former Astros owner, and of course McLean Stadium in Waco, and trucking magnet, mm-hmm. uh, grocery delivery. But um, how's that? I mean, he's pumping a bunch of money into it. It sounds like. Yeah, it's it's good on our end. You know, we don't see him all that often, right? You know, and so uh, that's always nice to not see your your main boss too 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 many times. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think what happened there was, you know, Dave Campbell is based out of Waco. You know, he went to Baylor, the the uh, media zone inside of uh, of that stadium is the Dave Campbell Media Center. And so I think they wanted to kind of keep it in the family, keep it local, keep it in Waco. They had just sold the, the Astros, and so they were a little bit more liquid. They had some money, and you know, they leave us alone. I think if you're a you're a, a media group, that's all, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, doing good work. And, of course, the high school brand is uh, legendary in the Bible of Texas high school football. But the uh, college brand, with now... 13 D1 schools continuing to grow, and you're a big part of that, uh, writing all the previews for the upcoming season. We're talking some college football with Mike, also a little NBA with the Lakers getting the jump on the Warriors last night, and a good one. Anthony Davis was tremendous. We'll reset that coming up. Uh, also, the Knicks beat the uh, the Heat last night, the Jimmy Butler-less Heat. I woke up this morning, then I went to Twitter, and I saw that Jessica Alba was was trending, and I was like, what? So you click on it, and you just realize that Jessica Alba was sitting courtside at the lake at the Knicks game last night. There was a picture, and now it's gone viral. That's how it works. You go, you start to trend because you're pretty. You like that tie, the Jessica Alba, uh, trending on the Twitter machines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all hard. People just, people just, have trended for dumber things. Than right, that, so. she's just sitting in the front row chewing some gum and uh, looking hot. And uh, thanks, there to go, Jessica. But uh, that's why she is trending. Nothing wrong with her. Uh, but uh, Mike, on the way to the break, we're talking about the NFL draft and the players you covered through high school when you were doing the Fab Fifty Five for the Statesmen that are now into the NFL. Uh, four out of the uh, out of the, out of the state into the in the first round. We talked about Steve Avila, the center guard from TCU. He did go to L.A., went to the Rams okay. with their really their first pick. They had the an early pick in the second round. They took the TCU guard, a uh, good player out of South Grand Prairie High School. Also, Rasheed Rice and Marvin Mims went in the uh, in the second round. Rasheed Rice from uh, Richland Hills there, North Richland Hills High School. Uh, Marvin Mims, Frisco Lone Star. Uh, but let me ask you, though, the Rams also took Zach Evans. I thought that was interesting. Zach Evans, uh, you covered his recruitment. That was a mess. Um, <laughs> he ends up at, at TCU and then Ole Miss and drafted in the, what, seventh round? Sixth round by the Rams. That kind of seems like one of those that, – that could pay off. Yeah, he's had some injuries that, that I think concern uh, professional scout. He's not as explosive as he was you know, coming out of high school, a couple knee things throughout his career. Uh, but yeah, he was a can't miss guy, you know, early oh, on in the recruiting. I mean, I, I saw him at a, at a Nike opening when he was 16 years old, and he had the highest score there, and that included you know juniors and seniors. And he was just a sophomore. He was running like four fours when he was 16 years old at 200 pounds. Uh, had some off field stuff, you know, got suspended for a state championship game, um, you know, then bounced around a little bit in, in college. Uh, but you know, I think if he gets healthy, I mean, all those tools are still there. He's going to be a good running back. But it, it's, it's, it's insane what's happened to the running back position in the draft. You know, like guys like Bajon Robinson, obviously, don't feel like just running backs because they can do so many things. Uh, but then you just get down. I mean, like Devon A. Chain lasts until the third round. You know, like the, there's there, Deuce Vaughn got picked in the sixth. You know, like there are really good college running backs available in the NFL draft late on. 
Speaking of Deuce, he went three picks ahead of Zach Evans to your Dallas Cowboys. We played the video this week, one of the more heartwarming draft moments in a long, long time with his father. Um, what do you remember of Deuce? I'm talking about guys the Longhorns didn't really recruit, but he was at Round Rock Cedar Ridge, just a, a great high school player, great high, great soccer player coming mm-hmm. through the junior ranks, and obviously took that off to K-State. Uh, what are your memories of the, of the Deuce man? Yeah, it felt like one of those guys that you just wanted to root for. Like in this industry, you're told not to root for anything, but you know, you're a human, so you do. And, and Deuce Vaughn was one of those guys, and not just because of his size, just his attitude and the way he approached the game. You were like, okay, he's going to go figure this out somewhere. Uh, he was excellent at Kansas State, right? But he's only 5'5". Oh. And so, to me, it's not the height. To me, it's the weight. You know, and that goes hand in hand, right? If he was taller, he'd be heavier. Uh, but how is he going to handle the pounding uh, in the NFL at that size? That was the question in college, and he answered that, you know, with an A+. And Could never maybe find he does the guy. That, maybe he does that again in the NFL. Well, and that's what uh, the Cowboys will hope for. Obviously, Tony Pollard is their bell cow. Malik Davis, the young running back there. But uh, they're going to use Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I don't believe they just picked him because his dad is on the scouting staff. Uh, they were looking for a running back. Uh, we will see. I like that pick from Deuce. But uh, from Round Rock, Cedar Ridge. Elijah Higgins, you mentioned. He's a local product from Bowie, um, who also didn't, didn't go to Texas, but uh, went to Stanford, got a great education, which was a part of his deal. What's your, your memory of, of the recruitment of Elijah? A big-bodied guy. I always say assumed he was going to eventually become a tight end. I think he is. I you think know, that's he, kind of the projection in the NFL. Yeah. And so, you know, he adds another 15, 20 pounds. He can become one of those slot kind of, you know, split out tight ends, H-back kind of dudes, can be a fullback, maybe some other stuff like that. I, I, a special teams player, and he can make a real career for himself. Yeah, good for him. Uh, Obviously smart. Bowie Bulldogs. Dolphins took him. Dolphins also took Devin, Devon A-Chain, uh, the track team in Miami now. I mean, that's... <laughs> Loaded. You remember him. I mean, he's just a track guy, but he's a, he's a, one of those, you know, there are track guys who play football, but football players who can run track, and that's seems like Devon, uh, he goes to that Dolphins team that already has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert. They're all like 4-3 guys, and yeah. I think Tyreek Hill's like 4-1.5 and a half in yeah, a I mean, that 4-by-1 would, would qualify for a lot of countries in the Olympics. What do you remember of A-Chain at Missouri City out of Fort Bend Marshall? I mean, just speed. And that's true at Fort Bend Marshall everywhere. I mean, they just had the second best 4-by-100 time a couple weeks ago in, <laughs> in like the history of the state or something. I mean, it was an absurd number. So... Always really fast in Missouri City at Fort Ben Marshall. That's where Malik Hornsby, who's going to be the Texas State quarterback, he was there as well. They were in that same backfield, I think, for a year or so. Uh, one of the fed- one of the faster backfields uh, in high school football reached a state championship game. So, you know, he's another guy that I think the question coming out of high school was how is he going to handle the physicality of being a third down back? Well, he did it in the SEC, and I, I don't know if he'll be asked to do it right away in the NFL, but he does feel like a guy who's capable of 10, 15 touches out of the backfield, five or six more um, out of the back field as a wide receiver you can use them on special teams early just a, a really big weapon and as you said that that's a place where that coach wants it to be positionless football he was at san francisco uh, with shanahan you know prior to prior to becoming a head coach he wants just a bunch of dudes he can line up in, in multiple spots and let them run loose yeah and spread it and run mm-hmm. uh catch us if you can would be the name of that team uh going in but a few picks before that the uh saints took kendra miller thought that was an interesting pick with uh the, the saints who signed Derek carr and this was an early pick for them at the running back position. They have Alvin Kamara, but this kind of feels like that Mark Ingram role in that New Orleans offense. Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, now Kendra Miller, who's a physical back but can run out of that uh, that TCU team. You know, he was recruited out of high school to be a linebacker at UTSA. I mean, that was that was where he was going to go. And then TCU came in late, offered him as a running back, and, and the rest is history. Zach Evans 
uh, transferred out of there and it was like, oh, who's going to be TCU's running back? And they end up finding a guy on, on the roster that, that becomes you know a, a, a pick twice as high as Zach was. So Kendra was great. Texas fans saw him and just kind of the physicality uh, that he brings. He's a one-cut runner. I, I think it'll trans- transition well to the NFL. He doesn't do a lot of dancing. He doesn't do a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. He's not going to measure off the charts, uh, but you give him the football and he's going to move forward. He's yeah. a lot like Rashawn Johnson in my and mind. And I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He too. does. I just yeah. remember the interview he did here at Texas when they beat the Longhorns. 17 to 10, and uh, he had that long touchdown run. And afterwards, they said, you know, is this your announcement that you're the best running back in the Big 12? I mean, Bijan, of course, and Roshan. He said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm the best running back in the, in the Big 12. you got to believe that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that's uh, something the Saints are going to like. And uh, also, in, in the fourth round, the, the Texans, we know, took Will Anderson at the top of the draft uh, with the third pick, but then got Dylan Horton out of, out of Frisco High School, uh, the, the leader in the Big 12 in sacks this past season. What, uh, what's your thought on Dylan? And he's another guy that just came out of nowhere, not really nowhere. He had been a good player for TCU, but not uh, somebody who was going to be a top three or four round pick that was going to lead the Big 12 in sacks. And so he really blossomed in that three man uh, front that Joe Gillespie brought in. Uh, from Tulsa. It'll be interesting to see what kind of system, he, if, if he's a 4-I, if he's an outside linebacker, if, if they add some weight to him and make him a, just a full-time defensive lineman, but he's explosive for that size. I don't know if he, he's going to be a big-time sack getter in the NFL, uh, but he can be a bit player who can stop the run and then also you know create a little bit of pressure. Yeah, and then, obviously Will Anderson hopefully is the uh, the main pressure guy, but you got to have multiple guys in the National Football League. Real quick, before we get to the timeout in the hot or not with Mike Craven of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, uh, DeMar uh, you remember seeing? I mean, we've talked about this on the on the on the cast uh, when he was at ARP High School. Yeah. Like the, they were worried he's going to hurt people, right? Like literally, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, they had, had to hold him out of some drills because they had to get to Friday's game. You know, like, <laughs> hey, this is our our running back. You know, you can't do that stuff. Uh, there was a big group of us that went and watched his by district game. I think it was out in Newton, and they got crushed by Newton because Newton is is so good at, at football. Uh, but just like to have a guy at that size of a school. Doing what he was doing, I mean, it was just it was it was comical. Arp's tiny, right? It was, I mean, it was two A school. Right? I mean, it's just absolutely comical to have this six three, two hundred and twenty pound missile just <laughs> running around crushing people, uh, and everyone else looked like me, you know. And so it, it was uh, it was a stark it was a stark thing to see. I do a linebacker was a, was a great transition for him. From everything I hear, it feels like edge rusher. Kind of an outside linebacker who comes off the edge and kind of disrupts the quarterback feels like a place that they see him becoming more and more as he moves into the NFL. Yeah, kind of a mini uh, mini Micah, yes, mini Micah Parsons, yeah. move him everywhere and kind of like if the if the Dolphins on offense are catch me if you can, the Cowboys are block me if you can. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna bring you know. Demarcus Lawrence. We're going to bring Micah Parsons. We're going to bring uh, uh, who's the kid out of Kansas there? Ty the the kid they like that's emerging the past. Uh, Doris from, Armstrong. Doris Armstrong. Sam Williams at Ole Miss. Sam what? Williams. Now you bring in Demo and uh, hey, you know we don't you know where we're coming from. We're coming. We're coming fast. And we're coming to get your quarterback. Uh, that is the Cowboys mindset with Dan Quinn without a doubt. And it's the positionless football concept like the Dolphins are doing and the 49ers have been doing. We'll be back. Uh, Mike Craven hanging with us this morning, talking all kinds of good football. Back into the NBA as well. Uh, your favorite team in the state of Texas. Michael has some thoughts. If you have a question, hit us on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Coming back, it's TY with Hot or Not. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. 
Hot knot on a uh, busy Wednesday. Mike Craven hanging out with us. Mike uh, from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Some thoughts on uh, the conversation. Says uh, you know, Jeff Trailer, uh, the coach of UTSA, who you think is uh, uh, you have UTSA as the best team in Texas right now based on experience and uh, uh, the back-to-back conference championship. Somebody said Jeff Trailer with a name like Trailer, he'd be great at Oklahoma. Uh, of course, the trailer parks. This says, uh, I've always thought Jeff Trailer would be a great hire for Houston, the Cougars, which uh, that would make some sense, too, by the way, because Dana Holgerson might be in a little bit of a of a hot seat situation, a moving into the Big 12, and an owner like, or an owner, uh, you know, a chief fundraiser like Tillman Fertitta pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Uh, Houston's got to gotta live up to some expectations now that they've finally gotten into the Big 12. Yeah, Alton McCaskill's jumped into the portal. Their star running back, that was going to be weird. their best player on their team. Uh, you know, Cameron Johnson, their starting left guards in the portal, and kind of got into it with Matthew Golden, their wide receiver on Twitter, over like, hey, when this thing, you know, stay on your side. And he, you know, he responded with, we don't want to sink with the ship. So, Ooh. you know, there's clearly some stuff going on with Houston. There were some rumblings about it uh, last year, but, you know, they hired Dana to get them in position to be good this year. You know, he had coached in the Big 12, he had left a Big 12 program, he had transitioned to to the Big 12 with West Virginia previously, um, you know, and he's he's a Houston guy, you know, like Sonny Dykes and, and Dana Holgerson were on Mike Leach's staff in the early 2000s sitting in a room and Mike Leach was like, what are y'all doing? And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, go recruit. And they're like, well, where, where do we go to recruit? And Mike got out a map. He circled Houston. And he sent Dana Holgerson there. He circled DFW and sent Sonny there. And that was 25 <laughs> years ago. And now that's where they both hang out and live, right? And yeah. so um, those connections go back really, really far for Dana Holgerson in Houston. But this is a program that fired Major Applewhite and in the press conference said eight wins is not enough for the University of Houston. Well, Hogerson's only done better than that one time in his four years there. He's going to need a big year. You look at that schedule, and it's hard to see how they even get to seven wins, much less you know eight, nine, ten. Yeah, and Jeff Trailer would be an obvious candidate as he what he's at UTSA. He would. He would, he would be the fo- first phone. Ty, call. hot or not? Breaking news! Breaking news! We knew it was coming, and now it's official. The New York Jets have signed Randall Cobb. To be a wide receiver, uh, of course, Aaron Rodgers said he doesn't have a, doesn't have a list of players that he wants them to sign. But so far, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. The New York J E T E Jets. And to go with Garrett Wilson and uh, everything else they got in New York, uh, Brees Hall, the running back coming out of Iowa State. So yes, uh, breaking news, Ty. Adam Schefter has just broken the news. I know Bucky would be real excited if he was here. Randall Cobb, good buddies. He's good buddies with Aaron Rodgers. Mercedes Lewis is next, right? You got to bring him in. <laughs> Got to go get him, too. Also, He's such a diva. Uh, also on the breaking news front, how about this? You see Ed Sheeran on the stand. Ed Sheeran's being sued uh, by the, uh, the, 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 the family, the estate of the people that, you know, the, they know the song Let's Get It On, Marvin Gaye's classic. Uh, the co-writer on that was a guy named Ed Townsend. Well, the family is suing Ed Sheeran for copyright infringement and that they, he copied the song. Uh, Sheeran is saying, look, it's just a chord progression. I mean, I, I, uh, but on the stand, being sued from this family, he basically said under oath that if the court rules against him, he's done in music. He's done with music. He's out. He said, I'd have to stop because if this gets, if, if this can be called, if you're saying I'm a liar that I stole this song, that uh, he said, if that happens, I'm done. I'm stopping. I'd finally, it'd be, I could find it to be really insulting. I really work hard to be where I'm at. So keep an eye on that in Hot or Not, Taiwai. Ed Sheeran could be done. Can't, can't name one of his songs either. Ed Sheeran? No, no, no chance. I know, I know what he what he sounds like and who he is. But Ed Sheeran's I, an unbelievable guy. He's he gets out there with his um, sound mixer and it's just him on a stage and 
cranks out, you know, fills fills stadiums with people just by himself, by himself on the stage with his little guitar and his little sound mixer. It's pretty. I know. Incredible. Let's get it on though. I do too. But you know, I'm I'm with. By the way, I'm with. Uh, with him on this, Ed Sheeran, because it's a chord progression. I mean, that's open to anybody. We start suing. You can start talking about lyrics and copying things you, like that. Chord progressions. Come if, on. If you look at any right. big hit today, pop hit, it's ninety percent of the time it's just an older song redone, and usually that song before well, yeah, is it's some, music. You know, just redone a little bit. I mean, it's a, well. I mean, we talk about this Dua Lipa. It's she's doing redoing all the Bee Gees songs with disco beats. I mean, she's putting new lyrics on them, uh, but they're fun. They're but catchy. They People probably dance paid to them. somebody for that beat, though. Well, I don't think so. No, well, because it's. It's like uh, like Puff Daddy owes Sting like a million dollars a year for the rest of his oh, life. Oh yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're you know? gonna if you're gonna sample somebody, right. you got to pay for that for sure. Uh, I'm just saying it's the it's the beats and the progressions. Uh, but we'll see. Ed Sheeran says he's out. What do you have for us, Ty? And hot or not? Uh, the annual Forbes top paid athletes list came out. I know. Do you have any guests on on who's number one? Number one highest paid athlete in the world. Yes. Messi. Messi. Ronaldo still. Okay. Ronaldo. Uh, the Saudi, Saudi money. money. Yep. Let me go yeah. with uh, Max Verstappen. Okay. Who do you who do you think's the highest paid American sport athlete? LeBron. Correct. No Le- football players in the top ten. No. None. None. They got helmets on. There's some live golfers though, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. Oh, oh yeah. four. Yeah. They cashed in. So how many yeah, how many of that top ten is just Saudi oil money? Th- at least three here. And then, uh, well, number two is Messi. Well, yeah, Ronaldo's taking some of that. Oh, yeah, yeah he plays in the And number league. three is Mbappe. But, yeah, yeah soccer. Yeah, because that's PSG. Yeah. Where did uh, Verstappen yeah. from F1 get? Uh, I don't see him on this list. Max? Canelo Alvarez, the boxer, he's huh. on the list. Those, ex- um, those F1 drivers always make a fortune. Roger Federer rounded out the top Still? 10. Still? Number 10, $95 million For what? <laughs> Endorsements, yeah. yeah. He's a billboard. Hey, we'll come back. Good stuff there, T.Y. Good stuff, Mike Craven. We'll pick up the football conversation and the Lakers. Get the jump on the Warriors. Take game one last night out west. We'll talk about it. Anthony Davis was the man of the night, no doubt about it. Uh, we will debate coming up. It's B&E on the Horn.